we are rolling. Welcome back, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Ben Pakulski. This is the Muscle Intelligence Podcast, where we do our best to simplify living your greatest life in a body that you absolutely love. I really believe that the body is the foundation for everything we do, right? If we want to show up mentally, I hope by now you realize how much of a role your actual physical body plays in your cognitive performance. The body and mind are inextricably linked you must, must, must take care of the vessel, whether your goal is physical performance, whether your goal is mental performance, whether your goal is even connecting deeply with other humans. It requires that we learn to feel our body, that we learn to integrate with our body, this consciousness that we have becoming one with this physical body. And Ultimately, your body can be this beautiful guide in life and telling you how to make decisions, how to move forward. And one of the biggest things that I advocate and that I offer within the muscle intelligence community is a deeper way of connecting with your body. So if you've never done a muscle intelligence program before, um, one of the things you will see that's incredibly different than everyone else, and if you've done it, you know what I'm talking about, is I really believe exercise can be the greatest opportunity, the greatest daily opportunity to connect with your body, to become present in your body, to feel what you're feeling, to feel what you're, what the emotions are evoking in your body. So not only to feel what's happening in the muscles and the ligaments and the bones, but also to feel the emotions in the body. So what I'm training, what happens when I start getting into a place that's really hard and I start getting fearful or start getting anxious or start getting tired, what does that bring up for me? What emotions arise for me? So again, not trying to tell you that exercise needs to become an emotional thing, but if you're really, really good at exercise, you know, let's call it, you're the sensei of exercise. You're, you're the Yoda, the Luke Skywalker. At some point, you'll be able to train really, really hard and that becomes unconscious. So the exercise is executed with precision and it's unconscious and you start to feel why you stop. So if, you're, if I pick up a weight and I'm doing a bicep curl or a squat or a heavy deadlift or whatever it is, there's many potential reasons why I stop in, and very fewer of which for most people are muscular failure, right? Sometimes it's muscular failure and that's in more trained people, but oftentimes it's just simply fatigue or sometimes it's, it's mental focus. So learning to ask yourself why you stop is important. And so when you become present in the moment and you become conscious, we're raising conscious, we're bringing you into the conscious and present moment, we can start to pay attention to why we stop and we can learn to change it. Exercise becomes this meditative experience where I'm still getting the hard work and the intense muscle contractions. And I'm actually able to, almost like watching myself from above, I'm able to see, oh, what this happened or that happened, or I'm going to improve this next time. And this is why I stopped and I could have done this to go further. And this is a long list of things that you could be doing to actually improve your efficacy of a single rep and a single set and, and ultimately a single workout. And that's really what we're after as humans is we're, for high achievers. Our aspiration is I want to get the most out of everything I do. When I read this book, I don't just want to read the book to say that I read the book. I want to get the information out of the book that is useful for me to apply to my life. Life is the test, right? Well, exercise is no different. When I get into the gym, do I just want to say that to, to people that, hey, I, I actually go to the gym, but I actually want to get something out of it and look better and feel better and perform better. I want to get something out of it. I would hope that's the answer. Everyone's like nodding their head out there. Like, yeah, I want, to, I want to get all that stuff out of it. So why the hell aren't you? Right? Do you, are you someone who feels like maybe you're going to the gym and you're not getting the maximum benefit for the time invested? 
That's kind of like, hey, I read a book and I get to the end. I have no idea what the hell that I read. What was the point? So then is it an investment or is it a waste of time? So my suggestion and my encouragement to each and every one of you is begin to treat your workouts like an investment in your future self, right? It's not a withdrawal from today. It's an investment into your future self. If you're someone who's a high achiever, you are investing in your future and that's financially and that's physically. I'm investing in tomorrow, investing into my 65 and 85 and 105 year old self. Every time I do something today that is challenging me, that's making me better, it's developing new habits and lifelong high impact habits, I'm becoming a better version of myself. So when you come into the muscle intelligence world, this is the community, this is the message that I begin to share with everybody. It's like, hey, before all of this other stuff matters, or maybe not before, maybe at the same time as all this other stuff matters, I also want you to be aware of the fact that within exercise exists, in my opinion, the single greatest opportunity to connect with yourself, to connect with your soul, connect with your body, and start to understand these emotions, these feelings, these, these urges we have and become a stronger version of yourself. Can you see how that might happen? If we're stepping into, like, let's say your coach writes three sets of 20 on the squat, and you, you start choking up and you have this little bit of fear, that right there is an opportunity to train your fear response, to train your anxiety response. Like, I feel the fear, I'm going to do it anyways. And I'm going to smile. And now the next time I feel fear come up in life, guess what? Same response. Like, I see the fear, that's there, I'm going to do it anyways, right? Or not or at least you become conscious of it. So that's kind of this, this concurrent process that goes on while we're walking through this muscle building process. So when you, when you step into the muscle intelligence community, the first thing that I'm going to encourage you to do is completely challenge everything you think you know about muscle building in the past. I'm going to walk you today through, as I did last week, last week I walked you through some really interesting stuff about exercise and how to make build muscle. Today, I'm going to walk you through my three-phase model for body transformation. Because I think it's important. I think if you're someone who's either worked with a coach before or you are a coach, um, understanding a model that makes perfect sense to get people from where they are now to where they want to be is vital. So one of the things I do really well in life is I create frameworks, right? So many of you don't know, I was a terrible student when I growing up. I literally, so I may have had brain damage <laughs> and that sounds uh, interesting, but it's true. So from the time I was a kid, I lived on sugar and don't think I ate any vegetables or protein ever. And uh, I slept with the light on and uh, I was in huge amounts of stress, trauma and turmoil as a kid. Everyone in my family is an alcoholic and there was constant just fighting and anger and like rage. Yeah, there was some like love and connection with my grandparents, um, but mostly it was like terrible food, terrible sleep, terrible emotional intelligence and, and trauma. So like, imagine what my brain functioned like looking at now, I'm like, oh man, obviously my brain couldn't work. But at the time I just was told I was, my, I was stupid. So uh, I had to learn quickly how to remember things. And so I could read a book front to back, remember zero of it. I could read a page, remember zero of what I read on that page, true story. So I had to start creating these frameworks of like, how do I remember shit? Like I had no idea. So I started, my, what, what, what at the time was a curse or, or I felt like a curse, I couldn't learn, ended up becoming my biggest blessing. So I started learning how to, to put things into boxes and I would like, oh, those things fit together this way and I could remember them that way. So I had to learn to think deeply because I had no ability to remember. And I, I really believe that maybe in my developmental years, because of the emotional trauma, because of the terrible sleep, because of the terrible diet, um, I wasn't breastfed. I was a C-section baby. I had like all the things against me. Um, 
I think that uh, it was a gift that I had ended up learning how to uh, rem- how to think deeply. And so now I take those those thoughts and I create frameworks. So here's the framework. If you're someone who wants to sprint, let's say I, I use this example sometimes on social media. Let's say you're someone who like you know you want to dive into the most intense set of squats or deadlifts or sprinting or whatever. Let's say you want to be able to do something really hard. I'll give an example. You guys may have heard me say that one of my gifts as human, and I still carry this gift with me today, is my I have a belief that I have a gear that most humans simply can't access. And I think that comes from years of training it. I know that comes from years of training it. I certainly don't think that this is something that just naturally came to me. But it's years of constantly going after the highest level of, of performance that I was able to give. And uh, I know that um, most people who come into my world uh, are never coming anywhere near scratching the surface of what they're actually capable of doing. So most people go, yeah, I can't do that. Well, of course you can't because you just told yourself you can't. But I know what you're capable of because I know what I'm capable of, and I'm not better than you, right? I'm, no one's better than you. They simply may have trained more than you or they prepared more than you, but they simply they're not better, right? My mother said something to me when I was 12, 13, and, and I remember it to this day. She says, if anyone in the world can do it, so can you. And gosh, what a, what a powerful thing to say to a kid whose mind was just flourishing. I was like, oh, so if I want to make millions of dollars, if I want to be a pro bodybuilder, if I want to be a successful whatever, anything, I can do it. She's like, yep. I was like, oh, okay. It meant nothing to me at the time. I had no like uh, action items after that, but I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. So here's, here's why I say this. Wherever you are now, whatever your story is as to why you can't, bullshit. I'm going to call you on your bullshit. And I'm going to tell you that you can. You simply don't know the process yet. So this is why I created this three-step process. I call the three-step process Milo, M-O-M-I-L-O, Milo. And I've done it since 2015 and it was originally called Project Milo. Now it's just the Milo process, right? So the Milo process is this three-phase process that I walk all my clients through to ensure that when you get to be able to work at your highest, you can sustain it, right? So if I, if I was a, a typical coach, and one of the things I was going to say is I'm going to give you a list of reasons why your coach sucks today. I'll do that later. But it's true. If I was a typical coach who has never taken themselves to a high level of physical uh, ability and effort. I might just say, hey, go and work really hard and go and like, just got to grit your teeth and crush it. And there's no process. And yeah, you can work hard. And if you do it enough times in a row, you get stronger and you get better. Maybe you make some, build some muscle, but guess what? Is it sustainable? No, because why? You haven't built the skill. You haven't been able to recover from it. And chances are you're going to hurt yourself. So if I don't get you to the point where you can recover do things well with precision, you're not going to make progress. So this three-phase model that I've created in Milo is effectively a bulletproof system to get you to from where you are now to where you want to be, regardless of where you start. So let's walk through it. So phase one is called foundation. And you guys have all been through MI45, or many of you have been through MI45 foundation. And MI40 Foundation is in the process of being rebuilt, which is so exciting. It was originally done in 2010. It's still a fantastic product. It's still a fantastic program. But I really want to make it the, the entry point, the ground level point for everyone coming into my community because um, I want like, hey, here's all the things I wish I knew when I started. Right. So this is this 18 document um, course that I'm putting together. People it's re- should be releasing any day now as soon as my team gets it together. So here's all the things you need to know. So it's 18 documents. It'll come with 18 videos. It'll come with workouts. 
um, which will be fun. So all you guys will be able to kind of establish all these new habits and these skills and this understanding of this foundational phase. So what is the foundational phase? Here it is. So most human beings, and I'll put you know 95% of people into this category, are not even meeting their baseline requirements for human functioning on a day-to-day basis. So what does that mean? Macronutrients, carbs, fats, proteins, micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, uh, essential fatty acids. Um, stress is, is not balanced. They're taking, they're, they're squeezing the lemon as this metaphor you used last week, more than they're replenishing it. Their sleep is dysregulated. Their gut health is dysregulated. Their inflammation is dysregulated and their insulin sensitivity is poor. So like this huge list of things fighting against you, right? So foundational phase one is about establishing all of these things and creating balance in all of them. Now, I will say, I'm not a doctor and I'm not trying to diagnose. I'm not trying to prescribe anything. I'm just trying to offer baseline optimization practices. I'll tell you the most important one. First, remove the dumb stuff that you're doing. That's step one. So when it comes to dietary suggestions, it's so simple. It's like, yeah, just remove all this crap that you're eating. And again, is it easy? Maybe. I've got some, I've got some tips and tricks that I'll give you in due time. But this foundational phase is one, I want you to learn how to move. Two, I want you to introduce basic daily habits, key, keyword, intentionally chosen habits that you can sustain over time that will allow your body to recover more effectively, perform more effectively consistently. So in the beginning, I don't even add new amounts of training stress on top of what you're currently doing. Like, well, I certainly do some training, but the training stimulus is so low it's just precise. So the most, the, the system that's most taxed is actually your brain and maybe maybe your nervous system, but your muscular system is not hugely taxed. Maybe we'll do some energetic stuff where we're like, and what that means, like I want your body to become more metabolically effective, metabolically efficient and um, improve muscular endurance. We'll build that a little bit, but really we're going to be replenishing those calories. We're not putting huge amounts of new stress in the system. We're teaching your body how to move. We're improving your aerobic fitness. We're decreasing inflammation, improving insulin sensitivity, optimizing micronutrient, macronutrient, uh, EFAs, amino acids, basic gut health, basic, basic things. And now that for some people takes anywhere from four to 12 weeks. So if you're coming in pretty broken, it may take you up to 12 weeks, provided you're diligent. Uh, if you're someone who's not pretty pretty effective, if you've been doing things well, maybe it takes much less time. And either way, it's fine. It's just we're going to push you through that, that process as quick as we can. I know nobody wants to live in the, in the foundational phase. Everybody wants to get to optimization and then performance, which is phase two and three. So as we're progressing through foundation, we're checking all these basic boxes. Have I um, checked all the boxes? Is my body recovering well? here's what it feels like. It feels like we're turning back the clock. I often say like the, the ideal scenario is I want to be 25 for life. When I was 25, I had balls of steel and energy to, to do literally anything. And I could, do, I could literally pick up a weight without warming up and I would be great. And now as we age, guess what? It doesn't happen. So my objective with phase one is turning back the clock. That's one thing we hear about all, or we hear all the time from our clients is like, man, I feel like I'm like 10 years younger. My body feels 10 years younger. Ah, so imagine waking up three months from now, and instead of feeling three months older, today I feel 10 years younger. Ah, that feels nice. My energy is better. My skin looks better. My sex drive is better. I have no joint pain. I'm losing body fat. Wow, this is motivating now. I feel inspired to continue to go to the gym and continue to be 
diligent with my nutrition. Ah, yes. And here's why it's not hard. It's not hard. It's simply changing some basic habits. So the goal, or yeah, the goal of this phase is to ultimately make it as achievable as possible for you. And the biggest mistake everyone in the world makes, who, and I'll put this in quotation, coaches out there, I put coaches in quotation on purpose, is because people don't think like this. They're just like, I'm just going to crush you because I want to get a picture, right? I'm going to try, try to get you a transformation in 12 weeks because I want a picture to promote on social media. And guess what happens six months or 12 months after that transformation? The person has ballooned back to where they were worse because they didn't actually make any foundational changes to who they are. They just simply lost a little bit of body fat, gained a little bit of muscle, didn't understand how, didn't understand uh, how to maintain it, didn't learn new skills, didn't learn habits. They go back. That's a big problem. My objective is not to simply get a photo. My objective is to get a life-changing experience. I want you to become a new version of yourself. And that could be in 12 weeks. That could be in 12 months. Whatever you're committed to do, it doesn't matter because it's an investment in tomorrow. It's an investment in your 65-year-old self, your 85-year-old self, your 100-year-old self, right? The more you do today, the more you invest today, you know, it doesn't have to just be financial, but it's also time and, and effort and discipline. If I invest today, then I become a better version of myself tomorrow. If I don't invest today, ultimately I'm consuming today, right? So ask yourself, are you consuming the hours of the day or are you investing your hours today? What are those things you can do to invest, right? Are we investing in our financial future? Are we investing in our family? Are we investing in ourselves? Are we investing in our body? Think about it. Consumer or investor. So wrapping up phase one, we're going through what's called a primer phase, um, which means I'm teaching you very precise movement patterns of very specific exercises because I need you to, be able to do them well. Uh, I'm improving aerobic fitness because I want to get your heart rate variability and your recoverability up. I want to get your inflammation down. I'll get your insulin sensitivity up. All these basic things that need to be checked, these boxes that need to be checked before I can then go and increase the amount of work that I'm subjecting my body to, right? My body isn't even recovering from the basic day-to-day stuff. What the hell is the logic of adding more difficult training and high amounts of cardio and then a calorie deficit on top of that? Calorie deficit is a stress. So if, if your coach out there is starting you with a calorie deficit and doing more training without going through these foundational requirements, they're negligent. Find a new coach. Moving along, phase two. Now that I've got all my basic requirements met, that's for like all my basic requirements at rest, really not adding huge amounts of new stress on top of it. This next phase, phase two, which we call optimization, I should say, I think I did say it, but phase one can last anywhere from four to 12 weeks. Phase two, now again, same idea. It can be anywhere from four to 12 weeks, depending how, how well you move through it, how diligent you are with your training, your macronutrients, your micronutrients. Our objective then is to go, okay, I've, I've got these baseline requirements met. I'm sleeping well. My stress feels like it's, it's improving. My aerobic fitness is getting better. Now I want to optimize all these things. So I want to improve my efficacy in training. I want to improve my intensity in training. I want to improve my density in training. I want to improve my aerobic fitness. I want to improve my digestion. I want to improve my sleep. All these are getting better. So it's like we've gone through basic practices. Now, as I subject my body, intentionally subject my body to more stress with, through training, now you have to scale concurrently at the same time. I have to scale my recoverability, my recovery modalities. And that goes from things like nutrition to sleep and, and um, meditation and supplements and uh, being outside in nature and having great circadian rhythms. All these things are very important to optimizing my system. So optimizing my system goes in this range between, okay, I'm so where, where the foundation ends is this, this place that says, okay, I'm meeting all my baseline requirements to function as a human. 
So now the optimization phase ends at I've reached a high level of human performance, a very high level of human performance. So this is a pretty big range, right? So what happens in there? Well, I need to get better at uh, working. That, that's mental focus. That's physical focus. So I'm improving all the systems that, in, that exist inside my body. What are the systems? Well, the muscular system is one. The nervous system is one. The ability to produce energy is another. The cardiovascular system, um, the, yeah, that's a good foundation. Those are your basics, right? This Obviously, the cellular health. We want to look at some of these basic things. Now, again, I repeat, I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing anything. But you can tell by the way your body feels, maybe by the testing you're doing, that um, is something missing. Like, am, am I, as, I, as I push this stress, how well does my body recover and replenish from it, right? Is, if as I push this, this training system, this training stress, does my body actually adapt and recover from it? If it doesn't, you need to do something differently. So you should not be taking three to five days to recover from a workout, period. If you're taking three to five days, your recovery modalities aren't matching your training stimulus. Right? So our objective by the end of this optimization phase is I can perform at a really high level and my recovery is quick, one to two days tops. Right? And that way, that way we know we're, we're hitting this high level of performance. So if I can crush it harder than I've ever trained before and I'm recovering in one to two days, that's, I know that it's time for me to move into the performance phase. So effectively, this optimization phase for some people could last months, depending how diligent you could be or you are. So um, some of the things that happen in, in the optimization phase with respect to training, as I said, we're going to scale um, some resistance. We're going to scale load a little bit. We're going to scale uh, volume a little bit over time progressively, not just quickly, progressively. We may scale density. Um, we'll typically scale frequency down because if we're scaling volume up, usually frequency comes down. I should say in the first phase, the foundational phase, frequency is usually very high because it's a lot of, a lot of focus on skill acquisition. Um, and then so in this foundational phase, as we scale up volume and load and uh, maybe density, that requires more recovery capability, right? It requires more carbohydrate, more protein, more, more supplements. So we're starting to add in things that are, you know, the, maybe the higher level recovery supplements. Maybe we're having a protein supplement. Maybe we're having a green supplement. Maybe we're having a, well, certainly magnesium would be in phase one. Um, you know, so these basic, basic things that are like, I need to make sure my body is, um, able to recover from this new level of stress, this new level of stimulus that I'm subjecting it to. So some of the new practices we implement in phase two, if they haven't already been implemented in phase one, is a, a performance breathing or at least breath control. Hopefully we've got a, a, at least some type of meditation practice, even if it's only 10 minutes a day. Uh, we want to make sure our digestion is optimized because you are not what you eat, you are what you absorb. So our, is our body actually upregulating protein absorption and, and assimilation? That's a question that actually came through recently is, how much protein can I actually absorb? And here's the thing that I, the way I think about it, if you've always been eating 30 grams at a meal and you eat three or four meals a day, that's exactly how much your body is capable of digesting and assimilating right now. And if you skip to 60, your body goes, oh, this is too much. You don't even have the enzymes or the acid to break it down because your body usually will adapt to what you subjected to, right? It's, it's looking for efficiency and this creating this homeostatic place. So if I just go from 30 to 40 or 30 or 50 or 60, my body goes, I don't know what the hell to do with this. So you have to progress up slowly. So your body can literally upregulate the genes, the gene expression of digestive enzymes, of hydrochloric acid, of the things that are necessary to break down protein. So the answer is you can subject yourself to how much protein can you absorb? You could, you could absorb and digest and assimilate probably the exact amount you're doing now, but it can scale up significantly based on what you're subjecting yourself to and demand. 
So if I place a huge amount of demand on my body, I have to believe that my body will start utilizing more protein. Meaning if I go from training zero to training some, that's an increased demand. So my body will go, yeah, I need more, right? And so your body always adapts to impose demand provided you're healthy, right? So the, the, the basis of foundational phase one is health, the ability to adapt to impose demand, right? So if I, if I subject my body to a demand, how quickly does it adapt? When we're children, we adapt quickly. When we're in our twenties, we adapt quickly. When we start to get older, what happens? It slows down. It's not because we're aging. It's because we're, our health is deteriorating. So if you start paying attention to all these factors that are ultimately contributing to deteriorating health and making them better, all of a sudden your, your health is better. Your ability to adapt to impose demand is faster. This is when we get to performance phase. Our ability to adapt to impose demand in performance phase is world-class, is exceptional. Here's the thing. Every one of you can do it. You simply don't know how yet. You need someone to walk you through these basic phases to get you to the point where you can actually effectively perform at a high level. Here's why. Knowing that you can tap into your darkness, you can tap into the hardest thing you've ever done before is a superpower that every one of you needs to experience. Guess what? Your coach hasn't done it yet either. Not this coach, but chances are the person you're... Tr so many coaches out there. The reason most coaches don't get great results for their clients is because they can't demand of their clients what they have never done themselves. So when people come to me, they go, holy shit, Ben, you expect so much of me, or you demand so much of me. And the answer is yes. One of the things I'm known for doing is as you step into my coaching community, I up-level your goals. If you guys want to get like a little bit of muscle or 10 pounds or a little bit of fat, I'm like, fuck that. Nobody gets inspired. He goes, I just want to lose 10 pounds. Nobody's inspired to do that. Right, nobody. So if we go, okay, why did you choose just ten months? Well, I just want to like not feel so bad anymore. Fuck that. I want you to be inspired by your goals. I want you to get ripped out of bed every day to go, holy shit, I'm doing this. That's a goal, right? That's a goal. One that rips you out of bed and inspires you. So anyone in my coaching program, I'm always up leveling your goals. I want you to wake up every day inspired. That's my objective. So hopefully, if you're working with a coach, there's someone that does that for you. It's not like, yeah, I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle in the next five years or some BS. Nobody's inspired by that. Set the type of goal that makes something of you to achieve it. Jim Rohn, God rest his soul. One of the greatest, probably the greatest motivational speaker ever. Tony Robbins basically has bases his entire business off of Jim Rohn's information, as well as a bunch of other people. But uh, Jim Rohn is the man, R-O-H-N, if you want to look him up. Um, but make, set the type of goals that make something of you to achieve it. Even if you get there and you go, eh, I, want to, I don't care now. If I set the goal to put on 30 pounds of muscle this year and I go, I put it on, I go, mm, I can lose this now. At least you did it. You followed through. You did something you didn't think it was possible for you. These are goals, right? This is the life that, this is a, an adventure-filled life. Set the goal to climb the, to the top of Mount Everest. Why? Because it's a goal. <laughs> right? It's great to have goals. It's great to be a goal achiever. Along the way, you're going to meet some really great people and have some really great adventures. This is what we should do in life. So right now, if you're sitting at home going, I'm not really sure what my physique goal is, set, set some goal that scares the crap out of you. Like get on stage in your underwear, commit to it, burn the boats, set the goal to put on 30 pounds of muscle, set the goal to lose 30 pounds of fat, whatever it is, right? Set a goal that scares the crap out of you and then move toward it. Find somebody to help you. The process is there. There's no such thing as I can't do it. You simply haven't looked hard enough to find the person who's going to support you there yet. Moving on. Performance phase. 
This is where you've reached a high level of performance and recoverability. So I'm training really hard, probably the hardest I ever have, significant amounts of volume, um, relatively heavy, and I'm starting to add muscle. And my recovery matches my training, meaning I'm training hard and it takes one or two days to recover. Now I want to sustain this over time. Performance phase is about sustaining this high level of performance or slightly increasing it. Right? We want to scale it up depending on my goal. So when I hit this performance phase, now we can learn to, to um, differentiate between, hey, I want to build muscle or I want to lose fat, or I want to do both. And yes, you can do both. And so if I want to build muscle, then I'll increase the calories a little bit and slightly let the, let the volume and the intensity continue to rise. If I want to lose fat, I maintain the intensity and the volume of the training, and I, and I maybe increase the cardiovascular exercise a little bit, or maybe I slightly increase the volume of the training or the density of the training to burn more calories, and I slowly then bring the calories down. Here's the trick. Never at the same time. We don't drop calories and increase uh, output at the same time. Why? Both of those are a stress. Increased training is a stress on my body. Decreasing calories is also a stress on my body. I don't want to overload my body with stress. I want to subject it to only as much stress as it's able to recover from. So if you're a coach out there, you got to be intentional. Like, what is this person able to recover from? Adding in an extra 20 or 30 minutes of low-intensity cardio, everyone can recover from, right? Adding in an extra workout a week, maybe not. Taking away 10% of the calories, maybe not. Maybe adding in an extra, I don't know, high-intensity cardio session a week, maybe they can, maybe they can't recover from. You got to be able to make those those decisions based on experience, based on trial and error. So you got to have some way of hopefully objectifying, like, hey, is this person actually getting results? Or are they moving backwards? And the first indication that your results are going backwards is somebody's mental state. So if somebody starts to feel like crap on your training program, you can say with a high degree of certainty, they're overstressed. Their sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive. They're not recovering. They're typically going to have emotional dysregulation. So again, there's a lot of things that could tie into that, but think about that. So if you're a coach out there, remember the three phases of body transformation or of progress, foundation, optimization, and performance. This is all under the branch of what I call my Milo system for transformation. And if you guys know the story of the ancient Greek Milo uh, mythical character who lifted a calf from the time he was a, a young bull, sorry, a young calf, all the way to the time he was a bull, and he just grew to mythical proportions of strength. I've been teaching these concepts in 2015. And it's because it's it's just simply like, hey, here's the, here's the process. I'm going to show you the exact path. All you have to do is do it every single day, like Milo. And that was the you know, the crux of me starting this coaching business way back in 2015. So uh, moving along, there's a few more things I want to talk about in today's podcast. If you're someone who's struggling right now to uh, feel fulfilled, it's a big something that comes up often in our world is fulfillment. And I just don't feel like I'm, I'm working on something that's maybe um, significant enough to me. The way you determine, or at least this is my um, approach, the way that I determine um, whether or not I'm living in alignment with the thing that fulfills me most, it, I, I believe the only way to do it is creating space. And if you guys heard me talk about create space, maybe on Instagram and social media and the Facebook group. If you're not already following me on Instagram, do that now. If you're not already following me in the Muscle Intelligence Facebook group, do that. I got so much great stuff coming at you in the future. Um, but creating space, what does creating space look like? Right. So if we have 16 hours in a day, if you're a high achiever, maybe you have 18 hours in a day because you sleep fast. Um, so you have 16 hours in a day, we all have the same 16 hours. And so if you're jammed in those 16 hours, you're always distracting yourself or occupying your time, you have no space. Creating some time to be alone, creating some time to think, creating some time to meditate, creating some time to uh, let your mind do what it wants to do, right? Have some creative time, have some 
alone time and be with your emotions, be with your thoughts. Cause guess what? That's how you determine what your soul, what you, what you inside wants to do. You have this natural intuition. We all have it, but yet we block it because we're afraid of what it's going to tell us. I'm unfulfilled. I'm not happy, et cetera, et cetera. And if that's the case, you have to have the courage to make a change. And sometimes it's starting with the physical body. I suggest start with the physical body. Don't make life-changing decisions like leaving relationships or changing jobs until you change your physical body. Why? Because if you're not happy in yourself, it's literally impossible for you to be happy in another relationship. It's impossible. You're trying to make someone else fulfill the gaps in yourself that you can't fill yourself. It's not possible. So find the gaps in yourself first, and that's physical, and that's uh, personality-wise, and that's integrity. You guys heard me talk a couple of weeks back about wisdom, integrity, love, and strength, right? Those are the four things that we should all be connecting with on a day-to-day basis. So if somebody's not fulfilled, create space for wisdom, integrity, love, and strength, and start to work on yourself. Because you would hope that when you find complete acceptance of love and love of who you are, then you can actually, for the first time in your life, give that to somebody else. You can't expect somebody else to fill your hole, <laughs> to fill your gap, maybe more accurately. Um, think about it, right? If there's some deficiency, if there's some limitation in your personality, you have to learn to satisfy it, fulfill it yourself. Can't expect someone else to make up for your limitations as a person. It's nice to have a compliment who makes things easier, but you can't do it. They, they can't do anything for you. You do it yourself. So start by taking control of your body. Control the things you can, right? What can I control? I can control the way I eat. I can control the way I train. I control the way I look. And eventually that starts to influence the way I feel and the way I show up and the way I lead. Oh, got it. So maybe this body thing is something important after all this catalyst. Yeah. Take control. And it doesn't have to start with two hours a day. It's 10 minutes a day, then 15, then 20. Then eventually you create the habit of doing 60 minutes every day or twice a day, whatever it happens to be that satisfies you. Work toward it. I said to you that I was that early in this podcast that I would tell you why your coach sucks. And <laughs> I know that's a bit harsh, but sometimes I am. And uh, gosh, it's so sad to see coaches out there who don't do it themselves. If you don't do it yourself, you can't expect someone else to do it. The reason I'm such a successful coach is because anything I'll ask you to do, I've done times 20, right? If, if I tell you to do something that's really, really hard for you, I've gone 10 to 20 times further than you have. <laughs> and that's why I'm, I'm comfortable saying, I know that you're capable of this because it's nowhere near your capacity because I've seen what, what humans are capable of and you're nowhere near it. I can tell when it's time for you to stop and slow down because I've done it with myself thousands of times. I've done it with other clients thousands of times. And so- a coach has to be someone who's done it before, who not only can talk the talk, right? So theory is important, but a dynamic balance of theory and practice, you have to be able to do both. And so it's important. Make sure your coach is someone who does it or has done it, right? It's important. Um, why else does your coach suck? Your coach sucks if they are giving you a diet plan and giving you a workout that is something you can't follow. If it's too hard for you and you're not following through on your diet plan, you're not following through your co- on your training plan, it's not your fault. The coach needs to adapt it. You need to maybe have a conversation with them, but they have to have the ability to do it. If your coach says, you just do it anyways, you're soft, hmm, not a good idea. Sometimes telling people that to, to man up and, and realize they're capable of more than they think is great as a coach, but um, it's so important to meet your client where they are. 
right? So if a coach is telling you that this is the plan, you follow it, this has worked for me, or this is the this is what you have to do, and you're not able or not willing, then you need to progress there, right? That's the thing. A coach's job is to meet you where you are, regardless of where you are, and progress you to where you want to be. Now, some coaches may say, like, hey, this is I'm just, this is my zone, this is what I'm good, this is what I do. And if you come outside of that zone, that makes sense. But if a coach says, hey, I only help people with bad muscle. I don't worry about this body transformation stuff. I don't do belief changes. I don't do lifestyle support. I only kick your butt in the gym. So that's great. They've been very transparent about that. But if there's someone who says, hey, I'm going to help, I'm going to coach you, then that's different. So we need to learn to support through a lot of things. If you guys have heard my impact model of behavior change in the past, which I've done podcasts on, and I'm actually doing a webinar this week on the impact model and three phases of body transformation, which I just went through. So you guys got a bit of a uh, early glimpse and so, or maybe it's a late glimpse, but this webinar exists and I'm walking through kind of this entire model and all the the boxes you need to check to make sure that you're effective as a coach or as a, as a client. And uh, you guys know, if you want to work with our coaching program, we take a small number of people and I say it's probably for one to 2% of people, right? If you're someone who's completely committed to changing, then this is right for you. And if it's not, it's simply not. If you're someone who is, I am interested, but I'm not really good to commit, or it's just not, it's not right for you. That's okay. But I want to give you the opportunity to not just transform now, because any any you know coach could just like crush you for 12 weeks, but I want to give you the lifelong habits, skills, and process that you can maintain forever. Right. So we walk you through this foundational phase. We walk you through the optimization performance phase. Now it's not just something that you've done once or twice. You've laid the foundation. You know how to do this for life. We've established baseline habits that you can implement now and for the rest of your life. That, my friends, is the goal. Right. Invest in your future. Invest in 65, 85, and 100-year-old, 105-year-old self so that you can ultimately thrive then instead of just going in and crushing it today and not thinking about making an investment in your future. So what's an investment? All of it, right? Am I doing something that invests in my body and my mind and my health? Ladies and gents, that's all for today. Today's podcast is brought to you by You Can, my favorite intro workout carbohydrate. So I used to, when I was competing, I used to use a lot of high glycemic carbohydrates that really spiked your blood, blood glucose. And if you do it right, those can be very useful too for increasing performance, um, but what I did find with those oftentimes body fat storage was, was very, very quick and very, very common. Um, so again, a lot of people, a lot of you guys don't want to add a lot of um, body fat. Yeah. Can you replenish glycogen faster with, with really high glycemic carbohydrates? Of course. But if you're someone who's looking to increase your performance without having the huge glycemic spike and the big crash afterwards, then you can is definitely the carbohydrate for you. UCAN.co is uh, where you go to check it out and you use the code muscle at youcan.co. And again, as I said, this is the carbohydrate that I used during my late career and into my retirement, whereby I knew that if my carbohydrate consumption on a day-to-day basis was low, my performance would suffer. I like the way I feel on low carbohydrate because my brain works better. And as soon as I put in a high glycemic carb, it makes me crash and I get sleepy and my performance starts to wane. Whereas with UCAN, I tend to maintain that performance for a longer period of time. I've said subjectively that I got about 30% more uh, total volume of work from using UCAN during my ketogenic phases. And even in my low carb phases, I'll use a little, about 60 grams of UCAN during a workout. And um, it's definitely noticeable for extending out your energy. So if you're someone who trains or likes to train with a little higher volume and you want to make sure you're supporting recovery and keeping your cortisol levels in check when you train, 
you can is a very, very good option that I strongly suggest you check out. UCAN.co. Use the code MUSCLE. They hooked up with 20% off. You can. Thank you very much for sponsoring the show. If you're not already following them on social, do that. If you're not already following me on social, do that. Even though I don't spend too much time on that stuff, you guys, if you want to connect with me, the best place to connect with me is always here. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. If you want to hear from you, share with at least one person you know and love. If you're the type of person who loves to help people, who loves to help people transform, who loves to help people become the best version of themselves, share this podcast right now with someone you know and love. Guys, I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate your loyalty. And I hope you are looking forward to some amazing things coming from the Awesome Intelligence Podcast. Hey, just one important announcement while I have your attention. We are relaunching the Muscle Intelligence Coaching. If you are interested in working with me personally and my team on transforming your body in the next 90 days, walking through our patented proven process that we call Milo, this three-phase system to walk you from where you are now to where you want to be and teach you how to sustain it for life, head over to muscleintelligence.com slash coaching and apply to jump on a call with me, talk about it. We'll talk about your goals, see if you're a great fit. Now, I will say, if you're not someone who's 100% committed to taking action right now, this is not for you. This high achiever coaching is for people who are succeeding in all aspects of their life, and they really have the highest level of standard for themselves. This is not for people who have a hard time going to the gym or have a hard time getting their meals in. This is for people who are looking to optimize, who look and take their body to the next level. If you want to get in the best shape of your life and learn the high-impact habits that sustain it for life, this is the coaching for you. One more time, muscleintelligence.com slash coaching. You can also go directly to muscleintelligence.com slash apply, A-P-P-L-Y, and book a call there directly with me. Thank you very much. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.